0: Hi, I'm Kara Kilmer. I play Sylvia Bread on Chicago Fire, and you are listening to Mina Semolis.
1: You're standing next to your family. And to me, there's nothing more important. Not gonna be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride.
2: Hey everyone, welcome to episode 138 of Meet Us at Molly's. Today we're going over the penultimate episodes, so 519, 819, and 719. If you don't know what penultimate means, which I didn't know for a long time, it's the second to last. Yeah, um, I was quite old when I found that out, so um, it's okay if you don't know what that means. <laughs> no shame. No shame, none no at shame. all. So um, as always, I'm one of your hosts. My name's Gina. I'm joined by Bryna. Hello everybody. Hope everyone's quarantines are going well and we've all kind of picked up other activities to keep us sane and all that good stuff. But as always, we're going to start with the news. We've got a little bit to go over. We've got the episode descriptions for, I guess, what are essentially our finales, right?
0: Um, Yeah, although I thought it was interesting. I was going back because I watched these episodes late. And so I was going back and like googling the promos for next week. And like, none of them actually use the word finale. They all use like the last episode of the season. And I was just like, I thought that was an interesting word choice, just given like the situation. Um, But yes, I mean, they are the finales. But like, I was just like, oh, They're not actually calling them the finales. They're calling them the last episodes of the season. Yeah. So like everybody remember, like
2: put your pitchforks down when nothing ends on a cliffhanger. Again, production got cut short. Don't forget.
0: Right. Or when things kind of end on a cliffhanger, not really like the typical cliffhanger, but like the, that storyline didn't get wrapped up the way we thought it was going to get wrapped up. Like I still have 10 million questions. Like that kind of cliffhanger. just,
2: Just remember like, yeah, pitchforks down, rage tweets, like caps lock off, you know, it's okay. So, yeah, it's cool. So Med 520 is called a needle in the heart. Dr. Dr. Marcel is visited by two New Orleans detectives who have questions about his past. Dr. Choi puts his life in danger to save a child. And Dr. Charles gives fatherly advice to his young daughter.
0: I'm excited. I think we're going to actually get the Crockett backstory that we've wanted for so long.
2: I hope so. But I hope this is, like, not as bad as it seems that these detectives are showing up to be like, hello.
0: Yeah, that part I'm like, whoa, what did you do, Crockett? Or what Yeah, yeah what did you run from? <laughs> um, but yeah, I've, I want it. I'm glad we're finally getting it this season, too, instead of, like, pushing it into whatever next season is.
2: Yeah, it's been kind of a pain in the ass mystery, because it's just been like, we get so close, and then we back away. And then we get so close, and then we back away. Yeah. So... Interesting. Will you take us through fire?
0: Yes. So fire is called 51's original bell. And it says, when one of 51's own gets injured on a call, Lieutenant Severide becomes obsessed with helping out. Foster contemplates a big decision. And kid is concerned for one of her high school trainees.
2: Who's getting hurt? Don't hurt anybody. I know. Especially in the last episode of the season. Like, I don't want this. It's not nice. No. No. If Severide's obsessed with helping out, my gut would say it's Cruz, but I don't know.
0: But did Cruz go on a honeymoon? Is Cruz in episode? I don't know. That's a great. I part. don't know. We've seen the promo photos, I think, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's a mystery. It is a
2: mystery indeed. Yep. Last up is PD. 720 is called Silence of the Night. Atwater goes undercover to take down a gun trafficking ring, but discovers an officer from his past is undercover in the same organization. So they're calling back to an earlier episode this season when Atwater had a beef with a patrolman. I just can't remember exactly which episode it is.
0: I don't remember either. I should have looked it up. Um, Also, I feel like this is a good place to note that, according to Patty, in the Instagram live he did with Emily Longoretta on the Wolf Entertainment account, what night was that, Tuesday night? Yes. Yeah, Tuesday night. He said that episode 19 and episode 20 are switched. So I guess this was originally supposed to be 19, and the episode we're going to talk about tonight was apparently originally supposed to be 20. I guess that decision was made before episode descriptions dropped, but, like, according to Patty, that was a thing, because this was apparently more of a finale-type episode. Interesting. That's what Patty said, but, like, I don't know, I mean, I don't know, but according to Patty, that, that, so we'll see.
2: All right. Interesting, so... Again, that's about all the news we've got, you know, everything's kind of slowed down. So as always, if you see anything, you know, send it to us, however you want to get it to us. You guys are really good about getting us news and we appreciate that because again, it's a whole big internet out there. We miss things sometimes. So Um, yeah, that's about it on the news. I think it's time to move into the episode, shall we? Let's do it. All right, we're going to start off with Med because we always start off with Med.
0: Can I make a comment real quick about Med before we start? Yes, yes. Can I just say how ironic it is that Med's episode this week was called Just a River in Egypt and it aired on the first night of Passover? That is all. Huh. Okay. I I saw that title and I was like, okay, cool. I was just like, okay, I just needed to point it out. The Jew and me just needed to point it out.
2: (laughs) Somebody in the writer's room has a sense of humor.
0: Yeah, I'm like, I, I know obviously with fire, typically it comes from a line of dialogue in the episode, but I don't remember how Med names their episodes or why they name their episodes.
2: Um, I, well, I know it's not, I, I know it's not dialogue, but I, I know that they've been really conscious to include five words every season or every episode this season because of the fifth season. Really? I want to go back and watch. I love those kind of things. Yeah. Like little bits there. So I don't know. Interesting. So we'll start off with Maggie and Ben and, you know, just being perfect and Maggie and Ben like an adorable. I just
0: I love them so much.
2: Oh, my God. I know. They're just perfect. So Augie is getting new foster parents. He's adorable. You know, he's he's adjusting. He's doing well and he's, you know, he's doing great. And so he's going to get new foster parents until he's not. So Augie starts to get sick again. And Natalie wants to send him for a tips procedure, which I only know from watching medical shows is bad or difficult. It's a big deal.
0: Yeah, is it's not know. good. Let's put it that way. It's not
2: good. It's not good, no. So um Natalie wants to send him for this procedure, except like just kidding, because DCFX block or yeah, DCFS blocks it.
0: What? How 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 does that happen? Because apparently there's a guideline that says you have to have tried like two different procedures first before tips but it's not like a demand or a requirement it's like a guideline and so that's what maggie and natalie are arguing is that it's just like guideline um but dcfs is like no like you know that's the rules and so we're gonna deny it and want to bring in a physician mediator and which is like fuck you like
2: <laughs> can we what? not the the blonde woman, I don't remember her name. She wasn't a
0: physician, was she? She was just a pain in the ass. No, but she's from DCFS. So she's, like, his social services guy. Boo.
1: Boo. And she's the one,
0: because DCFS, like, wants to bring in a physician mediator. And Matt, and he's like, well, it's going to take, like, four days. Like, for him, I guess, you know, like, get there or whatever. I don't know. Mm-hmm.
2: but Yeah, and so... Um, basically, Augie starts hemorrhaging, so they finally take him upstairs, and like, it has to happen, and Natalie and Maggie are really good at being like, this is your fault. Like, see what, see, see, you fucked this up. And so, thankfully, everything's successful, it goes well, but the Foster family backed out, and so there's this really great moment at the end where Ben and Maggie just look at each other, and then Maggie's like, we'll take him. And I love how these two communicate without even talking to each other, they just communicate via looks. I'm like, God, these two are
0: soulmates. It's so good. I know. It's so good. It's like one of those things where like now that we're kind of looking back on like this season as a whole, I'm like, you know, I really hated the Maggie Cancer storyline, And obviously I wish Maggie didn't have to go through that, but it brought her bed. So I'm really okay with it.
2: Right. Yeah. And I had tweeted on Wednesday night. I was like, do they need anything in social distance? Because like, I really hope they're staying home and like bunkering down because they need to be protected.
0: Well, also, now they're going to have Aki, so, like, they can't go out because he's immunocompromised. So All they three of them are, are
2: immunocompromised.
0: Well, true. True. Yeah. But, yes. So,
2: they'd better be bunkered down and...
0: Yes, I will gladly this. pay for their groceries to be delivered to their apartment house wherever they live. Like, stay <laughs> do you, inside. Do they need
2: toilet paper?
0: Are they okay? <laughs> right, please. I will take care of you personally. Like, stay right. inside. Yes, yes. Stay inside and stay perfect and wonderful and don't change. Yeah. Oh, man.
2: So, we also had Troy, Marcel, and April because, of course, we did. It's a dividend in like why.
0: This is, like, crack the knuckles. Like, we're gonna let all our feelings out i feel like i have a lot to say but (laughs) this was so
2: like it was bad because ethan was acting like a sixth grade girl
0: but on the other hand he's also not wrong but he shouldn't be acting like a sixth grade girl (laughs) right we'll get there but yes (laughs) oh man okay so
2: they're in the hybrid or i'm glad to see that they're still using it Marcella's teaching april some sort of like surgery technique and troy walks in and, I mean, it's so innocent. Marcel's literally like, this is what you do. It's like training. It's it's good stuff. And Choi is just like, Ugh, whatever. And he walks out. Seriously? Seriously. And so he turns around and leaves. And so April follows him out. Does April say this to Ethan or other way around?
0: April says it to him.
2: Yeah, so April's like, you're sleeping on the couch. You want nothing to do with me. Like, why do you care? Which, I mean, it's true. It's totally true. Right. But... You know, Choi gets reassigned. There's a patient who fell off an overpass. Marcel starts treating another woman who was in the car crash, and they quickly realize that the patients might be connected. It looks pretty obvious that it was a suicide attempt, and he fell on her car. And so Zach is the patient. Dr. Choi talks to him. He's thinking that he jumped off the overpass. So he brings in Dr. Charles for a consult. And so Zach's parents come in, and the dad's like, no, there's no way. Like, he didn't jump at all. That couldn't have happened. And I'm telling you, when they brought this up to the dad, and the dad was like, depression's weakness, I was like, hold me back. I realize this is the TV, but, like, hold me back. I'm going to throw shit. Yeah, I was like, what the actual fuck? Oh, my God. I I was tweeting, so I was too busy. I was just like, oh, I hear that. I hear that.
0: Rude. It's like must tweet through my anger. Oh yeah.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so Marcel and April, they operate on the patient because just in case you forgot, April is a hybrid OR nurse. She is a hybrid nurse. I definitely OR nurse. forgot that. Yeah, I definitely forgot too. <laughs> but, you know. She is. I mean, again, and I've said this a million times, these are grown adults. So I'm going to assume that when, you know, somebody like Marcel is with somebody like April, they're not talking about the time they kissed. They're talking about medical stuff, like surgical stuff, because they are doing their jobs and they are grown ass adults.
0: But here's the thing, though. So like April, yes, and I agree with that 100 percent. But April literally also admits in like two seconds that. Everything with Ethan got in the way of her, like, doing her job in that surgery. Which
2: unlocks a whole new bag of worms, because just, I I just, I, I, it's there, like, the rant is there, but I'm like, don't do it, don't do it, you <laughs> do don't have it, do the energy it, Gina, for do it, it.
0: do it, do it, do it.
2: She is so desperate for the approval of, I don't know if it's just Troy or if it's Troy and Marcel, but... She's desperate for their approval. And so I just can't help but sit here and wonder. And I watch her and I'm like, why? Why? And she's just like, oh, I let Ethan get in my head. Why did he
0: get in your head? Like, I, yeah, it's a great question. I don't know. And I don't even think it's necessarily like him getting in her head of like something he said to her. I think it's like the whole situation. And so it's like, but girl, that was also your fault. It is a mess. Like you kind of got in your own way, even though Ethan. It, it, it's literally I can't. I can't. It's bad. It's so frustrating. It's really bad. Yeah, it's, that. Yeah, it's like catastrophically bad, Gina. Don't but I, I feel like it. I feel like she might be desperate for Marcel's approval too. I think because she has something there that she hasn't explored. That's not good. Yeah yeah like that's really help
2: that's really not healthy
0: i think it's because she feels like if she tries to open whatever box of feelings or approval she whatever that is that she needs from marcel Mm -hmm. i think she's afraid that if she opens it and like ethan whether they're together or not is like around and sees her trying to explore that like he's gonna get mad which like I would understand why Ethan's mad if that's the case, but also like that's his problem. That's mm-hmm. not yours. Like right. she clearly needs to do the right thing for herself and like explore whatever that is. And, Cause that's the only way she's going to like become April that we like again. Yeah. Right. Right, right now this version of April. Oh, <laughs> I
2: can't stand it. It's so bad. It's so bad. And so, you know, April's like, yeah, I slowed you down, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, you didn't. She didn't. She made a mistake in the operating room, but it was like so small. Uh, Right. And yeah, she's like, oh, there's no excuse for that. And Marcel's like, no, like you're you really are the best at what you do. I didn't see any flirting in that. I saw that as like a true statement. He was just stating the fact.
0: Right. And she at one point, too, is like, no, I think I'm going to try to get off here like i should you really should get a different or nurse and he's like uh no i'm not gonna do that like i'm not gonna go train someone else when you're the best there is right yeah there is no flirting in that he is just stating facts he is just stating facts yeah and like i don't blame him because april is like one of the best nurses in for that situation like april is the best yeah absolutely absolutely
2: So Dr. Charles talks to Zach, but he really doesn't offer up much because his dad is standing there right over his shoulder. So the parents lawyer up because, yeah, of course. So Dr. Charles can't talk to him. And also there are no witnesses and no homeless guy. So Dr. Choi is like, yeah, he jumped. He definitely jumped. So Dr. Choi, because, you know, he hasn't already, you know, fucked things up enough. He asked Marcel to wake the woman up because she's the only witness. Now, listen, the only reason that this worked for Connor, the only reason Connor did it is because Will was missing. Marcel doesn't play like that, okay? Like, I knew that minute Troy went in, I was like, Marcel is going to give him the hardest no of his life. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And Marcel basically stopped just short of being like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, what? Pretty much. Yeah, and so Marcel's like, yeah, no, no, like, she just had her diaphragm rebuilt, like, she needs to rest. And so Ethan tries one of those, like, you know, nasty, like, uh, I'm so mad at you moves. He's like, if that boy tries to kill himself again, that's on you. Okay.
0: I literally was watching that this morning, and I was like, what the fuck? I was like, did he actually say that? Like, I had to go back and rewind. I was like, dude, that is such a low blow. Like, why do we need to go there? Like, why? He is such a toddler when he gets upset. Mm-hmm. Such a toddler. He <laughs> yeah. he yeah. Sometimes acts like the seven-year-old I babysit. <laughs> like, literally. Yeah. Except Ethan is a 30-something-year-old man yeah. in a professional environment. Yep.
2: Yeah. 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 So Ethan begs the parents not to take Zach home, but the dad refuses. And this is where he talks about depress- depression being a weakness. And I was like, oh, I'm going to hurt him. Um, so, this is when Choi races over to Marcel's patient, and so Marcel's patient, Marcel's not there, and he runs in, and he lightens the sedation.
0: That's not even something Will would do. I was like, what the actual fuck did you just do, Choi? Oh, yeah. That's a level of stupid that Will Halstead has not even hit. Oh my god, it's so bad. I, I just. I mean, it's i think honestly maybe will's like you know not paying attention to a dnr is maybe worse but this is like really up there too oh i mean i i say barely i think i think the
2: dnr is like if the dnr is like here which you can't see my hands i think ethan is like here and yes, yes the gesture 100%. i'm making is that just, ethan is like right under it right 100
0: percent. yeah it's like right there this was pretty fucking stupid Oh, my God. And he knew Marcel was going to rip him a new one, too. And if somebody and had done that him. to his patient,
2: he would have lost his mind.
0: Oh, 100%. And the thing is, too, is, like, if this is Will's patient, he doesn't do this. No. This way. He doesn't go about it this way. He might still, like, go behind Will's back or something, but he doesn't just go in there and, like, do like change the sedation. Yeah. He's literally
2: a seven-year-old. He's like, I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. Like, Yeah. Oh, it's so
0: bad. It's, it's literally so bad. just because it's Marcel. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And he questions her, confirms Zach jumped off the overpass. Like, that's great. And, like, oh, my God. And he was asking her questions, right? And he's like, okay, well, blink once if it's this, blink twice if it's this. Like, I need
0: you to think. You need her to think. She's a little preoccupied. But also, too, like, I feel like from just watching PD so many times and, like, other cop shows, like, just the blinking method is not really, like – actual confirmation because like what if you read the blinks wrong like you know like whatever so like what if ethan comes back and is like oh yeah she blinked twice i knew that it was true that is not like valid if it like that would not hold up in court if something were to go wrong no oh
2: there we did have an ethics committee reference in this episode i think oh it was with will's patient though yeah yeah still 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 oh man so dr charles pulls the mom over for a second while the husband's not there and he gives her his card you know in case he wants she wants to get zach help because the mom gets it it's just that she doesn't say anything because of the dad which oh that makes me so mad um and she just says she's like i just don't want him to go through this alone which you know yeah yeah and so marcel is so pissed oh marcel is so mad so marcel just kind of storms into wherever Troy is and he's like Like, we need to end this. Like, do you need to hit me? Will you feel better if that happens? And so Choi hits him. I'm just going to note that Marcel acted like the adult in this whole thing.
0: I was just about to say, the thing that I do like about Marcel is, like, he's very good about reading social situations. And Mm -hmm. so he, like, knows that, like, Choi needs to get out whatever anger. And if, like, punching him is the way to do it, then, like, let him punch him and, like, get this all over with. Because it's ridiculous. But also you're grown-ass men. Right. And, like, probably shouldn't happen in the – doctor's lounge or wherever the fuck they were but still like good for Marcel for like being like no I'm gonna fucking end this at least between me and you like I'm gonna end this and like after this there are no more problems that we know of
2: right I mean for now I hope Goodwin like tore them a new one
0: probably not she's too busy being occupied with her son true which true. i did not include in this outline cuz it was not really it that was important just, but yeah what are we even building to with that yeah i get it right and like at this point are we even going to really build anything to it with this point because there's one more episode left yeah yeah
2: so dr charles tells the mom something that you know ethan overhears and he kind of realizes like what he needs to do and so um at the sexton place chextoy or whatever whatever their name is <laughs> uh, i'm blanking <laughs> like soy and texting yeah yeah that that listen quarantine's (laughs) frying my brain okay like i have a tired head so april walks in and ethan's basically like he just says he's like it was really easy for me to see crockett as the problem because the real problem was always right here between us okay listen i am proud of him for not saying that the problem was just april i'm really glad he didn't say like the problem was you he said the problem is us i was like all right that's some maturity i'll take that and he says, April, whatever it is you want, it isn't me. And he leaves. And so
0: the he's thing like that's running can't... out the door, Gina, he's going to be just leaving. He's, like, running out the door. Can you blame him? But <laughs> no. But I'm just saying, like, he's not just walking out like slowly. He's, like, running out the door. And April's like, Ethan, where are you going? And he's yeah. just like, bye. That's the part that killed me is that she was, like, freaking the fuck out. I was like, what did you think was going to happen? <sighs> Yeah, that he was gonna sleep on the couch forever at his place. Cause remember, it's technically his place. Yeah. So she has to leave.
2: It kills me that she didn't think that like the stakes were that real. That she was like that she could lose Ethan. She didn't even think of that.
0: Right. And she probably didn't think of it because she's like, Oh, I just kissed him. I didn't sleep with him. But like, girl, you did more than just kiss him because there's probably some sort of real feelings there
2: so that's worse April needs to pull herself together like yeah pull herself together
0: yeah but honestly though I'm kind of glad sex toys over like this they 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 both need some help oh big time big time
2: they're 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 not good for each other no I feel like
0: now that we've had this is our second breakup like do they actually get back together at some point I don't know. I'm actually going to say for now, let's not. Yeah, no, 100%. But, like, do you think, like, two seasons down the line from now, because we know we get three more seasons, like, two seasons down the line from now, like, do they get back together? I mean, I guess it depends on what happens. But, like, I don't know. Here's a
2: question, because Ethan says, whatever you want, it isn't me. Okay, so if April doesn't want Ethan right
0: now, does Ethan want April? Yeah, I think he does. I mean, I think somewhere deep down he does, but he's hurt. I mean, he asked her to fucking marry him. He has to, right? Yeah, I'm going to agree with
2: that. I think he does, because when you look at, you know, how these two have evolved over the season, you know, he lashes out at her when she closes herself off.
0: Right. It's not him lashing out at her, I mean, in some weird fucked up way. It's because he loves her and just wants her to, like, open up so he can be there for her. That doesn't make it okay. I'm just going to. No, 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 yeah. no, 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 Not at all. But like, in, that's why I said in some weird fucked up way, it's because he loves her and just wants to be there for her, but she's not letting him in. Yeah. But yet he still chose to propose to her. I don't know. I, I Just <laughs> maybe, like, zip throw maybe, maybe, maybe he was
2: feeling like Jane on the bold type and how it took Jane a minute before she realized what Pinstripe had actually done. Like her gut was telling her something that she wasn't listening to.
0: I guess. Yeah, that's a Yeah.
2: Yeah, oh, there's a good question. Who's the whinier couple, Jane and Pinstripe, or Ethan and April, or who's the worst couple? Ethan and April.
0: Jane and Pinstripe were pretty annoying. I don't know. I kind of like them, but like I know it's fucked up. They're not my favorite, (laughs) but I do like them.
2: (laughs) So, elsewhere, we had Will and Hannah and Elsa, because Will and Hannah are somehow still a thing. I just, yeah, I know, I know.
0: Oh, why? Yeah. Remember when we thought we we said that Hannah was gonna be like a combination of Anna and Camille? Oh,
2: no, she's just she's her own thing. She's just her own thing, and
0: it might be worse than both of them. <laughs> but like,
2: also, I had an idea of where we were headed. Like, this is this is the storyline where I was like, I was like, oh, I wonder where they're gonna take this, and I was like, oh yeah, we only get one more episode. I was kind of bummed about yeah. that.
0: Yeah. yeah. But no, I was just like, I was just reminded of that this week, because for some reason I felt like watching some old fire episodes and I was watching some Anna episodes and I was like, why did I ever disgrace Anna like this? Like, why? (laughs) Like, no, no, no. Hannah is nowhere near that. No. Well,
2: Probably because we were still in that circle in that time where Severide dated anything with boobs.
0: Yeah. Also, I think I also just assumed Hannah was going to die. She still might. I mean, I guess that's true, but like not happening now at this point
2: all right well yeah i don't know so uh will you take us through will and hannah and elsa yes
0: so basically we start off and will and hannah are basically living together at this point now and will's like yeah it's been a really good couple of weeks and they're like arguing about toothbrushes and loofahs and whatever the fuck they're arguing about what are you Um, doing william right (laughs) pretty much Um, and Hannah also just like personally is doing really well, which like, it is nice to hear. I don't like her, but like, it is nice to see that like, you know, she's in remission or in rehab and like in a meetings and like it all worked out for her. Like that part does. I'm like, okay, good.
2: I don't know. It doesn't mean I
0: want her and will to be together.
2: I don't know if it's my like general disdain for her or just this whole situation But every time he tries to be supportive and talk her up, I take it the same way I always have as him being like, good job.
0: Do you want a sticker? Like, good job. (laughs) Yeah, the way he talks to her is, like, basically that. It's kind of patronizing. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, and especially every time he responds to someone's comments about her, too, it comes off that way, too. I'm just like, no, Will, stop. Oh my God, that is the most hypocritical thing ever. The way, like, when people are, like, bringing up her addiction
2: and then he snaps back, I'm like, um, pot kettle, Will?
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, so basically, Will gets a patient who's brought in. Um, she's pregnant and has a bunch of vaginal bleeding. Um, she also blurts out that she has stage four brain cancer. So basically, this is her last chance to have a family. And so she's, like, desperate. She's like, no, whatever you can do to, like, keep the baby, like, the baby will be viable in just a few weeks. Like, you know, this is all I got. Mm hmm. And so Will calls in Hannah and Elsa's assisting him, by the way, I forgot to mention that. And Elsa mentioned, she's like, hey, Dr. Asher, are you sure? And Will's just like, yeah, she's the best. And Is she like, the
2: best or are you just trying to put her up on a pedestal?
0: Right. Or just not even just put her on a pedestal, just like bring her in because she's your girlfriend or whatever the term we're using.
2: Dude, Nick was tweeting on Wednesday night, too. And he was, like, tweeting out questions. And I was like, all right, I'm just jumping in here. Because, like, I need to know if Will cares about her or not. And he never responded. I was like, I thought we were friends. But, okay, fine.
0: Right. We'll just save
2: that. We're just going to
0: save that for next season. When we see him again.
2: Yes. (laughs) We're going to save it, hopefully, for one Chicago day. Because we will hopefully all be out of quarantine by then. Yeah. From your lips to
0: God's ears. (laughs) Oh, my God. I know. Anyway. So basically, Hannah comes, does a consult, and suggests putting the patient on progesterone to stop her from dilating so much because she's already dilated to one centimeter. And Elsa is very wary of this idea, especially really just given Hannah's past and, like, basically calls out Hannah for having, you know, done drugs. And Will is like, that is irrelevant. You're way out of line, Miss Curry. And I'm just like, yeah, okay, Elsa should not have gone there. Like, I agree. She is way out of line. Mm-hmm. But Will is also out of line for the way he's attacking Elsa. 100%. And, like, also probably shouldn't have brought Hannah in on this call either. But, you know, all separate things.
2: Will has no idea that both of the women he's working with on this case, like, have crushes on him. So, uh, Oh yeah. yeah.
0: I keep. Elsa just pops up so sparingly that I'm, like... Oh, right. She did have a major crush on him. That mm-hmm. is like a thing that happened. Yeah. Um, anyway. So if their patient keeps bleeding. And so Hannah suggests trying a procedure called. Cirquage. 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 Basically, it's something to tie her cervix closed. But in that her condition. Right. Yeah. But in her condition, they'd have to go through the abdomen to make that happen. And Elsa objects and Will's kind of like, I don't really know how I feel about those either, but the patient wants to do it despite the rest. So they head into the OR and I have a question here. Hmm. Will is an ER doctor, not a surgeon. Why is he in surgery?
2: My, and I thought about this as well. Remember he did plastics before he got to med. Right. But why is he in this surgery? I do not know. It's the same reason he was in Gabby surgery in season four.
0: I don't know. I'd have to, like, ask my dad this or ask, like, somebody else. But just because you're a surgeon and, like, you have like you were a plastic surgeon at one point, mm-hmm. does that mean you have surgery privileges at every hospital you, like, can, like, work at from here on out? Like, he's not a surgeon at med. He's an ER doctor. Right. So, like, does he have surgery privilege- privileges? I... In a normal hospital, I would say I don't know. At Med, I would say, <laughs> do they care? I mean, and probably not. And I'm probably way overthinking this. But I saw that, and I was like, what the fuck? Will is not a surgeon. Like, why the <laughs> fuck is he in surgery helping Hannah? Yeah. Like, probably to keep a close eye on her. Like, I like, I like, I get why for the story he's in there. Like, I mm-hmm. get it. But I was like, this doesn't actually make sense. Like, what the fuck? Or does it make sense? And I just don't know. <laughs> I I just have questions.
2: I, like, I yeah, I'm. Because it's been years since he was in an OR, presumably, and I'm, like, trying to right, think if I you were...
0: Maybe we've seen him pop... But, like, I feel like I want to say once he popped into a surgery with, like, Connor, maybe. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, it's, like, the uh very rare thing for it to happen.
2: Like, I feel like if somebody were to put me in front of the bar at Starbucks, I could probably make a couple drinks. But that's
0: completely different from surgery. Right. Like, there are no legal implications if you go behind the bar at Starbucks, and screw up a drink right
2: Right. but you know i'm just i'm saying that because it's been like over a decade but yeah i don't know i don't know i think at med they're just like they again rules
0: rules is rule is not a word at med right and like i said i know story-wise why this happened but i was Mm -hmm. just like i was thinking about it i was like hmm, okay Mm -hmm. but anyway basically like i said so they go into the or And, but before they do that, Elsa objects, like I said, and she's like, are you doing this because of your feelings for Dr. Asher? And it's just like, the answer is yes, but Elsa, you are still wrong to call him out for this.
2: I'm glad that Will did not even dignify that with a response.
0: Right. Elsa was wrong in the way that she handled it, but she's not wrong in what she said. Right. So. Mm hmm Anyway. In surgery, Hannah and Will have a successful procedure at one point and, like, things look great. But basically then the patient's pressure keeps dropping and she ends up dying on the table after bleeding out.
2: This is a tough one, too, because Hannah literally, like, she handled it perfectly. She did everything she could.
0: Right. It, was just, it just goes that way. Yeah. And so Hannah takes it pretty tough and, like, will goes to confront her or comfort her not confront her comfort her (laughs) we've been (laughs) so used to him confronting her (laughs) yeah comfort her and she's like i need to go to an NA meeting and will's like well i'll drive you and that that
2: i i I don't know like the consensus on twitter was that she's most likely going to relapse or maybe that was the plan but obviously we don't know um
0: yeah, I would have agreed that had we gotten twenty three episodes, yeah, she probably would have relapsed. Yeah, and like honestly, we may see the start of it tomorrow night, and like, or not tomorrow night, next week. I can't. I'm like, what day is it? I don't know anymore. Yeah, I don't even know what day it is. I the only way I know what day
2: it is is when we have to record. So like, the only reason I know it's Thursday is because we're recording. Right. And last
0: night was when Chicago Wednesday.
2: Yeah. But yeah. So like, yeah. And so that's the only way I know what day it is. So when the seasons are done next week, like we're fucked yeah we're really fucked
0: yeah I'm gonna be like but, I,
2: it's day it's day
0: <laughs> but anyway yeah I feel like next week we may even start to see the beginning of really relapse and that might be like the only cliffhanger we really get because
2: yeah 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 so so yeah and uh like Brenda said we have the Goodwin thing with her son but like where where is that going
0: Right. Like her son is a good salesman. And like, I don't know, Goodwood seemed really bothered by the fact that her son wanted to know all these things about doctors so that he could sell him or sell them his products better. I was like, I didn't think that was weird, but Goodwood seemed very offended by that. Well, the only way I thought that they
2: might be taking that is that, you know, he's telling her that, you know, he needs to get to know these people because they're going to work together. But he was only asking for intel on the male doctors. So, I was wondering, is he gay and hasn't told Goodwin? Oh, that didn't even cross
0: my mind at all I don't know like at all that did not cross my mind. um I don't know i did Goodwin just seemed very like a- affa- like taken aback by the fact that like he wanted to get to know them more, yeah, and I was just like, "What is so wrong with that?" Mm-hmm. I was just like what is- I don't know, but yeah, I guess we'll see, maybe I don't know, yeah. Don't know. Um,
2: don't know. Yeah, so that was med. Just, I don't know. Interesting. We'll see. We will see. Mm-hmm. Moving on to fire. The big cruise wedding. By the way, uh, at the end of this episode, you will be able to hear our interview with Joe Minoso. You will also be able to watch it on YouTube, which you can watch now. So, like, go watch it on YouTube because we had the best chat with him over Zoom. He's so yeah, fun. He's, yeah, he's just, he's so nice. And he's so genuine. Like, that is Joe. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Just the sweetest person. So yeah, definitely. If you haven't watched the YouTube interview yet, like hang tight because it's at the end of this ep- this episode. So um, I love Joe. I love Joe. Me too. Yeah. Um, and that wasn't the first time I've interviewed him either. He's always like one of my top favorite interviews always because he's just so warm and like nice and sweet.
0: Yeah. I mean, we got to hang out with him. Well, I got to hang out with him at Win Chicago Day because he did the demonstration in addition to like his interview part. He's really great. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. So yeah. um, he's another
2: one. I, I feel like anybody on fire, we could just sing their praises for hours. I mean, I could really sing
0: anyone in when Chicago's like, praises yeah. for hours. But yeah.
2: Yeah. If somebody so were especially. to throw a name out there, like literally we could probably do a whole episode of us just being like, oh, Jesse Spencer's so nice and he's so sweet. I'm like, what a nice person. It would just be us doing that back and forth for an hour and a half. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, we'll start off with the protests and the social media. This was a, it was a pretty simple episode. There was just pretty much the A story, right? And then Cruz um, Cruz's Cruise, wedding at the end. So it was pretty simple. Well, and Brett.
1: So oh, and Brett. Yes, story.
2: and Brett, yes, and Brett. Also worth noting is that this was Elizabeth Sherman's first episode as a writer, Elizabeth being Derek's assistant. So this was her first episode. Congratulations, Elizabeth. Good job. You slayed it. Awesome. So, Ritter and Gallo, our little millennials, are starting a 51 Instagram, because of course they are. I just, I love them. Of course they are. They've probably already got a 51 TikTok. Um, (laughs) Probably. You know they do. Probably. Like, that one Daniel had posted when he was, like, walking in and they were all doing, like, this dance that you guys can't see on the camera. Um yeah, that 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 could be a 51 video. Like, that could easily be a video with, like, Foster and Brett and Cruz and Mouch and everybody. Like, easily. 100%. Just adorable. So they're like, yeah, tons of other houses are doing, like, why not us? You know, how cute, how sweet. And Bowden immediately is like, no, <laughs> absolutely not. Um, and I laughed so hard because it was just, it was kind of like them being like, dad, dad, can we use the iPhone? Can we go on social media, dad? And Bowden just was like, absolutely not. Just done. So they get a call 51 gets called out and the doors are locked what the fuck so protesters have taken over 51 and like it's kind of odd the whole thing is odd really so this guy chains himself to both the truck and the ambo he chains himself to both with pvc pipe around his arms like ow (laughs) yeah also why ow (laughs) that would be miserable and so yeah. they're basically protesting the closing of Firehouse 87. And the guy's like, you know, Chicago's ignored our, they've ignored our community long enough. Like, we're really tired of being the last priority. Cool. So Bowden's like, all right, well, you know, sit tight until we hear from headquarters. Because, you know, they they try to be tough and like lock the doors, but they forgot to lock the back door. Yeah. That'll do it. Yeah. So Gallo and Ritter go to Bowden, and they're just like, can we show the protesters that like 51 is behind them? Can we use that? And Bowden again, is just like, stop it. No, absolutely not. And even more protesters show up. So now it's like a full blown problem and a full blown event because uh, I did laugh too. When um, was it Herman maybe when the PD showed up and they were like, they sent two of you. Like, what is this? Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Herman, man. Herman hated these protesters. Yeah.
2: Herman was quite grumpy in this episode. As I mean, understandably so, but yes.
0: But also as Herman typically is.
2: Yeah, yeah. So even more protesters show up. Now it's like a full blown event. And so they choose to make themselves right at home at 51. And usually when people come into 51, they're just like, welcome, come, like make yourself at home. And this time all of them are like, oh, hell no. Yeah. Like, yeah, um, I think at one point Ritter even like takes the food. And he's like, no, <laughs> like, it's <bad. laughs> yeah, it's yeah. really bad. And so there's one guy in particular who's like particularly vocal. And he's like, we're not hurting anybody. Like we're not breaking anything. This is a peaceful protest okay he says as he's up in severide's face like mm-hmm. yeah okay and so at the same time this guy's recording severide he's got the phone up in his face and severide just like knocks it out of his hand it's like get that out of my face Uh, um, but he doesn't hurt him you know just kind of note that so herman and the main protester they bond you know they're talking about standing up for something taking action they're bonding over having you know herman has five kids he has four and you know herman just kind of reasons with him he's just like you know the people in this house run into burning buildings every day for this community like we don't want to see a station closed either and so the guy's just like yeah well we tried going to the department and the media but the case wasn't sexy enough and so he asked Herman, he's like well what did you do when people wouldn't listen he's like i burned a sofa i actually totally forgot about herman burning the couch um yeah, I, well, I hadn't forgotten, the minute he said it, I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, right. our, little, our sofa-burning friend, yep, Right. that's right, TBT. so, TBT, so, the video of Severide knocking the phone out of the guy's hand, it's going viral, which, like, if anybody was going to go viral in that firehouse, it would be Severide. Yeah, unintentionally, like, too. Oh, yeah, it would definitely be Severide, and... It makes it onto social media. And I like when Stella was showing it to Bowdoin, I kind of felt like she had this air about her that was like, that's my man. He did that. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And so it makes it onto social media and the CFD sends like the worst PR guy they have. And so Bowdoin's like, fine, Gallo and Ritter, like use social media, go ahead. And they try to talk to the the particularly vocal protester, but he just twists all the questions and they don't get anywhere with him. Um, I about died when the guy twisted something he said and Gallo was like, no, like we help people all the time. Like that's literally our thing. He's just. Gallo is so pure. So pure, so precious. Um, The image of Gallo and the Teletubby son, I might make that into a a shirt. I haven't decided yet. Um, I feel like you should. Yeah. So one of our listeners, Christine, she tweeted in the middle of the episode on Friday or Wednesday, Friday, Wednesday. (laughs) yeah see you know. did it too it's fine <laughs> have you seen frozen 2 no not yet oh my god so there's this scene in there where olaf is walking around this enchanted forest and he's like elsa anna samantha and then he stops and he's like i don't even know a samantha like yeah <laughs> friday wednesday yeah Oh, I don't know. So uh, Christine tweeted in the middle of the episode on Wednesday. Eh, and she was like, oh my golly, somebody should just Photoshop Blake Gallo on the Teletubby Sun. And I was like, oh my God, that's the best idea I've ever heard. So while the main protester is like, he's basically developing crush syndrome in his arm. And so that all of this dramatic stuff is going on. Like basically the pipes have like weighed him down. And he's like developing, you know, bad stuff is happening. And the whole time this is going on, I'm not tweeting because I'm busy Photoshopping Blake Gallo onto the Teletubby Sun.
0: So no shame.
2: None, none at all. I'm proud of it. I'm I'm proud of what I did. So and it looked um, great. Thanks, thanks. Um, I feel like we might need to make that into a shirt. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And so, you know, the, the whole firehouse works together. the 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 alderman that Casey goes to visit, he like was half assing it the whole time. This guy was like not in the mood. Um, I dug the callback though to alderman Casey. That was cool.
0: I know, and every time Alderman Casey comes up, I'm like, "Oh yeah, that was oh, a, that was him. That was like a good season and a half of storyline. It <laughs> like, was cool.
2: It was, and it was almost it was like really easy for him to slip back into politician mode. Did you notice that? Yeah, I did. Like he wasted no time in getting in there and being like, "Listen, this is what's going to happen."
0: Yeah, one of the episodes, because I was telling you the other day that, like, I made a list of, one night when I couldn't sleep. I, like, made a list of episodes that I feel like we should cover at some point, maybe during hiatus, depending yeah. on how long this hiatus goes, whatever. Um, and, like, one of them is, like, one of the ones where, like, Casey's, like, officially decides he's going to run for Alderman, because I feel like we've never really talked about, like, Alderman Casey. So no, I feel like we, we need haven't. To, I mean, we've, like, obviously touched on it in moments like this, but we've never, like, really talked about, like, Alderman Casey. Oh,
2: my so. God. We should do the episode when he wins the election.
0: Well, there's one, I think the episode where he officially decides to run, I think that's the one I put down, because I think it's also Stella's first episode, but I feel like that's, like, a good one to talk about. It feels like Stella's just always been here. I know, but she hasn't. Which is crazy. I know, wild. I know.
2: So, um somewhere in this while the main protester is developing crush syndrome, Emily is like, we've got to do a fasciotomy to like relieve the pressure in this guy's arms because they've swollen to a point where like he's going to lose his arm. And so Brett's like, uh, I don't know how to do that. And Foster's like, no, I do. Don't worry. So she does the fasciotomy. The guy's OK, thankfully, makes it to med. And at med, Will's like, well, who was the trauma surgeon who did that? And Emily was like, yeah, it was me. And he was like, you missed your calling. Like, good job. Uh, Because, you know, of course, Will's going to see a rule breaker and be like, oh, my God, I think I love you. So, yeah, I think Will might have fallen in love with Foster in that moment.
0: Yeah, well, I just literally pictured Crazy Ex-Girlfriend like, oh, my God, I think I like you. (laughs) Yes. I mean, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. So the alderman who comes to the firehouse, he, like, escapes, air quotes, because what an idiot. Like, what? what?
0: Right, Casey's just like, what the fuck?
2: <laughs> yeah. So a sort of riot breaks out because some protesters are ready to give up, but the vocal one, like, doesn't want to stop. And somewhere in this melee, somebody has the audacity to elbow Cruz.
0: Right, so and not even rude. just, like, elbow Cruz. Like, elbow him so that he knocks down and hits the corner of his forehead on the fire truck.
2: Not the face. Like... The one thing that didn't need to happen and that whole scuffle happened. So rude. Right. Uh, so yeah, Cruz gets knocked out, but he's okay. Thankfully he's good. He's good. And so at med everybody's in their wedding clothes and like, this was the fake out that we kept seeing everybody in their wedding. Yeah. clothes be like, oh my God, oh my God. It was before the wedding. Woo. We're okay. We're okay. Thank you. And it wasn't bad. It and was Cruz, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. It wasn't even a concussion. It was just a scare. Just, We're all good. Whoo! Thank you. So they all—they're all at med. They all go visit the main protester, and Gallo shows him the video they made. Brenna, can we hire Gallo to make videos for the pod? But
0: actually, though, because like can he's Gallo kind of increase our Instagram following. Because like he's kind of better at
2: it than both of us.
0: Oh, a hundred percent.
2: Yeah, like can we hire him? <laughs> like please, at Blake Gallo, Um, <laughs> please. Yeah, and he makes this sweet little video about how they're behind the community and like, of course, because of course, because gallo course. things. Mm-hmm. He's just so perfect. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So the episode ends and Cruz gets married.
0: He does. Although I love it, I loved everything about this wedding. Mm-hmm. I wish it had been more. Like I yeah. wish, like it felt so much. Protesty, which is fine, although I feel like we've seen people take over the firehouse way too much. But, like, I just wanted Cruz to have, like, his own damn episode, essentially. Like, I just felt like it was so rushed. Yeah, and
2: it was, because it was only four minutes, which, I mean, you know, essentially everybody who was watching at home basically wanted to be at this wedding, so
0: more time would have been nice. Right. Well, and so two things. One, there's even clearly more stuff that we like got cut out because the Casey and Brett scene from the promo photos did not happen. Oh, true. So that clearly got cut out. So clearly, there's probably some wedding stuff sitting on a cutting room floor somewhere. Yeah, like that scene. But then also, B, I think my other problem, and I get it, it's a wedding, like it's cruise. We're all very excited for cruise. Like this wedding was very overhyped.
2: That happens a lot in Chicago Fireland.
0: Right. And I know that, but it was just like, oh, my God. Like, and the whole thing with, like, Derek being like, yeah, we broke our budget, like, trying to get guests. And then people, like, I don't know where that rumor started that, like, Monica and John were in town for the wedding. But, like, I don't know. Maybe we all just got our our hopes up too high. But, like, I don't know. I think we
2: were all just so desperate for Joe to have something happy that, like, we literally wanted the world for him.
0: Right. It was just, like I said, I kind of wish, I mean, 10 minutes, like I didn't need it to be like 40 minutes, although that would have been great and I would have taken it. I would have taken an entire episode in the church. But like 10 minutes would have been nice, not four. Yeah. Yeah. Like I feel like you could have cut out a protester scene here or there. Yeah, this this
2: episode. The only pitfall here was that I felt about this one the way I do when something major happens on PD and they focus on the case, where I'm like, I I don't I don't care. Get to the get to the part like I know about. Go like move on.
0: Right. I was literally if any other thing other than protester, like some of the protesting stuff was fine, but I was just like, okay, give me Brett. Like give me Brett, and they're like oh no no no, give me more crews. Like give me give me literally pretty much anything else. Yeah. Right.
2: Right. I get it. So, but um yeah. Yeah, and we had gotten an email from Luna, and she was like, what did you guys think about that? Like, that they didn't focus on the wedding that much. That We always want more Cruz, because we just want Cruz to be happy. Cause he just I just to... wanted
0: a big wedding with a big reception. Like, a reception scene would have been nice, um, especially with all the, like, behind-the-scenes Instagram or Twitter content that Joe was providing with, like, Miranda and Taylor practicing whatever dance that was. And I was like, I was like, <laughs> And there was just so much good like dancing content that Joe was providing us. I was like, we need a reception. Yeah,
2: for sure. The reception would have been awesome. Yeah, so awesome. There were so many like just little moments of that whole wedding that I loved. Just you know, Gallo and Ritter being ushers because of course, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, Gallo and Ritter being ushers was like everything. Yeah, like the best. I mean, yeah. Or we get yeah.
2: Yes. just all of it Ritter was basically ushering Donna and Platt like together and he had like one on each arm just perfect like chef's kiss it. perfect yeah um yeah so awesome so the episode starts because you get in Cruz's wedding when the episode starts Stella pulls up with a very hungover sub ride in the front seat which is kind of adorable so cute it is so cute. And somebody had pointed out on Twitter as well, they were like, well, it wasn't cute all those seasons ago when Aaron and Voight showed up to his door. I was like, all right, touche. You got me there. Stop. Yeah, no, stop. I don't like to be reminded of that episode. Touche, but it's different circumstances. And Severide has like grown up and become a full-fledged adult now. So... And
0: someone is driving him around everywhere, so it doesn't
2: matter. Yeah, and also this shows that he like can't hang with the kids anymore. Clearly.
0: Well, Mount and Herman really can't hang with the kids.
2: Which is so funny, because Gallo and Ritter were, like, bouncing around, and they were like, how do you have so much energy right now?
0: Right. Yeah, they're fine. And Match is like, yeah, I can't do it. And Joe was like, you had three beers, and Match is like, it was four.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it so much. I love it. And so, Chloe, basically, because they're they're like, Joe, like, you look okay. He's like, yeah, Chloe doesn't want me to look puppy, so, like, I've been drinking a lot of water. Cool. So once the protest starts, Stella finds Joe, like, super pissed off in the locker room. And this was, like, the Otis moment. Which, So one of the protesters outside was basically climbing all over the memorial, which, like, how dare you, first off. But second, I'm pretty sure that thing is, like, kind of fragile. I would not be climbing on that.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I feel like the top part, yes. The bottom part's probably not fragile. You can I think on it's on mostly that, so just
2: like... because we know it's temporary. It's only there when they film.
0: Yeah, that too. Yeah.
2: But still, like, how dare you? And so Joe just says, he's like, I just thought he'd be here, you know, like standing behind me up on the altar tomorrow, you know. And Stella's like, yeah, like he would be, like he will be, don't worry. Um, I also loved when Joe was like, or yeah, Joe was like, I I think Otis would kind of want me to raise hell. And Stella was like, no, I think he would too. I just wanted to make you feel better. That was so good. (laughs) But yes, the wedding is beautiful and big, and it's everything we wanted for Joe, and it's perfect, and just...
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Leon was there, which was... I love that. Yes. Always love when Leon pops up. Yes. Like you said, Gallo and Ritter being ushers was everything. Mm -hmm. Like, love it. Um, Also, Stella and Severide and Casey and Brett walking down the aisle together. Love that. Yes. Chloe's dress was amazing. Yes. I love Kristen so much. She's so adorable. I know. But her dress was amazing.
2: Yes. Yes. Here's a question. Yes, Did you catch the look between Stella and Sev when they were basically, or when the, okay, good. Yeah. I think the seed has been Uh planted. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. There's also, I mean, clearly a look too between Brett and Casey at a different part of the vows. And I was like, oh, if that, and we already didn't have like 10 million pieces of evidence for that happening. Like that was it
2: yeah yeah just just not now casey and brett like this is stella and Seb's moment for us to be like we see you but yeah
0: i also really love that cap and tony were up there with Cruz too like i just love that little twist too
2: i love so it so perfect all of it was so perfect i love it yeah
0: yes
2: yeah, so yeah. chloe's dress is amazing kristen's adorable just everything was perfect i just wish there was more of it like you said yes yes so we also had Brett. Brianna, will you take us through Brett and Casey and all that good stuff?
0: Yes, I would love to. So Brett's back from Julie's funeral in Rockford and Casey pulls her aside and she's like, you know, how are you doing? How's Rockford? And she's like, you know, I mean, she's pretty much still in disbelief. She's like, you know, it doesn't feel real. Like, you know, funeral was as, I guess, good as a funeral could be, but like, this doesn't feel real and she keeps getting distracted thinking of everything like at one point stella's like Do you want to work on girls on fire applications with me and she like gets a and she says sure but she like gets a spay call in the middle of it and she's like oh like i you know thought it was is gonna be scott like you know she's just very distracted
2: mm-hmm.
0: and but all of a sudden scott shows up to the firehouse in the middle of the protest and so she gets him to come through or whatever And he tells her, he's like, I can't take care of the baby anymore. He's like, I want you to. What? Yeah. He basically said that, like, it's too hard and that, like, the baby was unexpected. And, like, of course, he wanted her if Julie did. But, like, you know, like, he didn't really think about wanting a baby before this. And so, like, without Julie, it's, you know, really hard. I think that is so unfair to Brett, though. Oh, 100%. Yeah. No, it is. I mean, I I don't know. Like, I, I understand where Scott's coming from. Like, I get it. I do. Like, you're going through all the feelings of grief. And, like, I get that it's probably hard to imagine, like, you taking care of a baby without your wife. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like you said, it's very unfair. I mean, a, I, yeah, like, it's very unfair to ask Sylvie to do that. But also, I, I, Sylvie's kind
2: of, Sylvie's a big empath, right? Like, whatever pe- other people are feeling, like, she always ends up feeling that, too. And so she's already going through so much in terms of grief and heartbreak and confusion. And so to saddle her with that is just not, I mean, and granted, I get it. Again, Scott's grieving. He just lost his wife. Like, that, right? I get it. But also, it's just
0: so unfair to put that on her shoulders. Yeah, no, i Um, So basically, Brett goes to Casey's quarters to break down, and Casey comes in, and she's like, oh, I'm sorry, like, you know, I just needed some more quiet. And she admits to him that she, like, misses Julie a lot and starts sobbing in his arms, and he comforts her. Um, But then Stella comes in and is like, Casey, the alderman's here, and Casey leaves her with Brett, or with Stella.
2: Do you think other people just kind of randomly use Casey's quarters as, as, like, somewhere quiet? Probably not.
0: I would hope not. Probably not. Although, I mean, it is like technically, other people use it because you know the other officers from other shifts use it. So, like, I guess we don't know what happens on other shifts, but
2: I don't know. Somebody yeah. posted a really good parallel when Gabby used to go in there and she was basically educating Brett that, like, you know, anytime I try to avoid somebody, I come into Casey's office and like pull the blinds. And oh, Brett was in there too.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. It's funny. Yeah, so in the end, Brett stops by med and sees Scott, and he's like, Julie should be here to see her, like, it's not right, and Brett tells him that, like, the baby should be with Scott. He's like, she's like, you can't let her go, Scott, like, she needs you. And Scott's like, you know, it's just hard. But,
2: I mean, but yeah. the episode description for last week, didn't it say that Brett contemplates, like, a monumental decision?
0: Yeah. I don't know. Well, I think that was this. like her oh, contemplating. They it. got switched. That's right. I keep forgetting. Wait, what are you talking
2: about? Because the episode description for the next one, I thought it said that Sylvie contemplates a monumental decision.
0: No, Sylvie's monumental decision was for this episode. Next to the father. Okay. Which I'm assuming is her deciding if she wants to like go to medical school again or whatever. Yeah.
2: I don't know. So, any other notes on fire?
0: Uh, nope, that was it. Like I said, great episode. Love, love, love the cruise wedding. Just one of one of more. Yeah, yeah. And less protesters.
2: Less protesters, yes. So, moving into PD. Oh, man, this was a good episode.
0: Yeah, this was good. This was, this was good. This was, like, the
2: perfect balance of everything. Like, earth shattering, crazy case, personal stuff like to the right degree it was the perfect balance it was good yeah
0: I will say though I think the one thing I, I realized more and more in P with PD especially I guess the only really bit we got with like what's the beginning where they kind of mentioned Haley but like there's no carryover from the week last week or I guess two weeks ago technically but like with the Rojas stuff and like You know, like, there's never really any, like, I can't believe Rojas didn't get some kind of, like, punishment. I don't know. I just have a lot of feelings that, like, about how they still feel very isolated. Yeah, I see that. From each other. Like, episodes are
2: isolated from each other. And Jennifer and I talked about something about last week's episode that I'm interested to get your take on. So, because I think the reason Upton took the brunt of everything that happened is because she was trying to protect Vanessa. Why is Upton so protective of Vanessa?
0: Yeah, I heard you guys talk about it. Um, I mean, I kind of agree with, I don't remember which one of you guys said this, but, like, I feel like in some way she sees a little bit of Vanessa in herself. Because Vanessa, I mean, we have to, maybe she's in her second year technically, like, as a police officer in general, mm-hmm. but she's still very young. Yeah. And so there's still so much she doesn't know. And so I would assume it's because Haley sees a little bit of young Upton in her. Hmm. I don't know. I
2: think Voight might even be a little protective of her in a certain way. Yeah, I mean, I think they
0: all are. Interesting. But, I don't know. I think that's the only thing that bugs me about PD, going back to it, though, is that, like, yes, they did, like, this was a good episode. I do agree with, like, it It did a good balance of juggling the personal and the case. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's still no, like, through lines with personal, really. Right. Like, you get the personal for one episode, and then it's gone. Right. Except for, like, the occasional, like, Berzik pregnancy thing.
2: hmm Right. Man, That's we my were, only bother. We were hashtag blessed with the Berzik this, this week. Oh, my God. So much Berzik. So much Berzik. Oh, my God. And we've got a sprinkle of upstead. Like, hashtag blessed.
0: Yeah. Hashtag blessed,
2: yes. So the episode starts with Trudy messing with Jay about Haley not coming back. And so Jay's like, yeah, I'll handle this when she gets back. And Trudy's like, if she gets back. What I would have liked to have seen here was for Jay to be like, listen, like, low blow, cause Aaron. But, um, when she was, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. When she was like, the feds have a tendency to like hold on to people they like, they think are good. And so I that would have been the perfect moment for like an, an Aaron reference, but yeah. it's cool. It's cool. But yeah, <laughs> when she was like, you miss her, don't you? And he was like, yeah, of course. Like, she's my partner. I think she Trudy.
0: is her the look, him the yeah. look.
2: Yeah. So I think if, um, if Rojas is, like, captain of the Upstead ship, I think Platt might be, like, co-captain. Oh, 100%. Yeah, Platt knows what's up. Nothing gets by her.
0: Nope. No, no.
2: So, Burzik is coming down the stairs, and Burgess is like, let's go eat something. Like, let's go hang out. Let's do something. And Ruzik's like, no, like, I have plans. You know, let's not.
0: And we're all like, what the fuck? Plans? Yeah,
2: we're like, excuse you. <laughs> what are you doing? And we cut to Adam drinking alone in a bar. That's not like him
0: right and making plans to hook up with the bartender later okay that's like him but (laughs) the
2: drinking alone part i was like oh my god i was like i was like legit concerned for him in that moment i was like why is why is he drinking alone at the bar this is so not normal for him is he okay like it was one of those moments where it's like gina show like snap out of it but yeah he's like (laughs) drinking alone just like all sad and just yeah flirting with the bartender which whatever and So he steps outside for a breath of fresh air before he presumably goes to bang the bartender, whatever. And he witnesses a kidnapping. Now this is of course like he's been drinking and he even mentions that to the bartender. He said something about like, Oh, I need to be good. Or like, I need to pace myself. I work early tomorrow morning. Cut to him witnessing a kidnapping and commandeering a car. Adam.
0: Adam. He never makes good decisions when he is off duty, but starts pursuing a case. It's true. Because, I think back about, like, the double episode from season three, where he's, like, undercover, but, like, working, like, an undercover off-books case. And, like, the guy ends up, like, running or driving a truck into a restaurant or whatever. um, And then, like, chaos ensues because Ruzik never told anyone that he was, like, working that undercover off-books. the But, like, I just, like, Ruzik, why? Why do you do this to yourself?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So... Basically, he tries to chase after them in this car that he has he hijacks, and he swerves to miss some pedestrians, which I don't really think he swerved. I think the pedestrians just got out of the way. But he ends up crashing the car. I was like yelling at the TV, like he crashed the car. And I was like, Adam, oh, my God, what are you doing? Mm hmm. You know how every episode now we're trying to decide, like, a, or, like, girl, what are you doing segment? Where we're just like, girl, what are you doing? I think Ruzik wins that this week.
0: Ruzik or April. Yeah. But April's yeah. wasn't necessarily something she did. It was just, like, girl, like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing? What have you been doing for the last, like, ten weeks? Yep. Um, but, yes. I agree. Yeah.
2: So thankfully, Ruzik somehow walks away from this crash with just like some like little stitches and that's it. And so they go back to the district. Burgess is like freaking out. Girl, same. Girl, same. And they start trying to piece the pieces together. And so... You know, there's basically no evidence to corroborate what's going on. So Ruzik's like, I know I didn't imagine that. Like, I know it happened. But, you know, when Ruzik's off duty, I'm like, dude, anything is fair game. Like, you could have very well imagined that because you're Ruzik and just, like, crazy in the most lovable way. But, But, yeah, so there's no missing persons report that matches the description. There's just, it's kind of a mess. And so they go to the bar to talk to the bartender. And there's a really odd moment because sherry the bartender she's she's pissed that adam didn't tell her that he was a cop but also um she basically talks to burgess and she's just like he is so hung up on his ex like it's all he ever talks about and i was like bitch you better watch who you're talking to right but also (laughs) thank
0: you for telling us that like yeah. I love hearing that he just talks about Burgess all the time. <laughs> so, like, thank you for telling us that. But also, yeah, like, watch who you're talking to. You don't but know also, who like, you're talking to.
2: Say her name with some damn respect.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, he also probably doesn't know. Like, she probably didn't say, like, oh, yeah, my ex Kim. Or, like, no, my no. ex Kim. Yeah. But, like, still.
2: No, I get it. But still, like, hey. Hey. Yeah. So, Rojas, the PD's resident millennial. We've got Gallo and Ritter on fire. We've got Rojas on PD. I need a scene
0: between all of them. I need it so bad. It would be pretty amazing.
2: It would be pretty amazing. So bad. So does that make Med's resident millennial Elsa?
0: Ew. Yeah, I
2: know. She'd be the kind of the weapon. I mean, i
0: like Elsa, but not, no, not for, she does not deserve a spot in the millennial club.
2: (laughs) Um, If Molly Bernard could be Lauren, she could definitely be in the millennial club.
0: Oh, 100%. Just not Elsa. No, just not Elsa. Again, like Elsa, but like no,
2: yeah, yeah, oh my God, Rojas Gallo and Ritter would be amazing. I need that scene at Molly's like now little millennials, little babies, so cute, yes, so Rojas checked the social media accounts of all of the women that were at the bar, which like damn, that's impressive, and right. she was able to find an Instagram story that had a clean shot of the girl, and by clean shot, I mean it was like her shoulder and like the background. How did she yeah no, that? but you saw her face though. Jeez. Yeah, That's but like still. So. Impressive. Yeah. Yeah. It's like CPD, where's Waldo? Pretty, Pretty much. Famous. So the girl's name is Charlotte Henslow, and her dad is like a rich furniture company CEO. He's like a bigwig. So Voight and the Berzics, they go to inform the parents. But as it turns out, the kidnappers already contacted her dad and demanded $2 million. So he's known that his daughter has been missing and just kind of like sitting on it. Mm-hmm. That's like the first sign of like, what the hell? So he didn't want to jeopardize her safety, but he hands over the ransom video so that PD can use it to figure out where Charlotte might be. So, you know, she volunteers. The mom's just like, yeah, like she doesn't have to come home late. She volunteers, you know, that's kind of out of the ordinary, whatever. So they analyze the ransom video and they narrow it down to an abandoned warehouse like two miles from where she was she was taken. So the Bursics roll up, and while this is happening, I guess Burgess is, like, really efficient with her time, because they have, like, maybe two seconds, and Burgess is just like, so, by the way, Sherry told me you're sleeping together. Cool. I know.
0: Yeah, and Adam's like, yeah, we were. I mean, we are. And, yeah, that's literally the conversation. He said it, like, really defensively, too. Right. It was just like, we were. I mean, we are. Adam yeah
2: i don't know and so i mean hey but props to burgess for being efficient with her time so all of intelligence goes inside they find two dead bodies no charlotte and so one of the dead bodies is blake larson and that's the guy that adam saw outside the bar and so the other one is basically a security guard for charlotte's father so voight interrogates the security guard finds out that he thinks the guy who took charlotte is gary stevens Gary being the father of one of his former employees named Dylan. This is where we get into the details of the case where things just get like.
0: Don't actually care as
2: much. Right, right. So the main point here is that, okay, so Dylan had a lot of mental health problems. This is Dylan's young. Dylan's like Charlotte's age, right?
0: Yeah, maybe like a few years older, but yeah.
2: Yeah. And so Dylan had a lot of mental health problems. He was reported missing two weeks ago by his father. And the detective that had worked that case said that his father thought he was having an affair with Wade and was convinced that Wade had something to do with the disappearance. So this is where things start to get really juicy because, again, Wade is Charlotte's
0: father.
2: Well, yeah, Charlotte's father. He is a furniture store CEO, and he's also very, very active in the church.
0: Mm -hmm. Jay Jay mentions
2: that, that he's, you know, Jay calls him a holy roller. So, yeah, this is big so that, you know, they he basically thinks that Charlotte's father is having an affair with his son. So this is when things start to get like crazy. So. Basically, intelligence runs all sorts of crazy stuff that they do. They do their thing and they find video that shows Dylan and Wade hugging on the same day that he disappeared And this is after Wade told the missing persons detective that he hadn't seen Dylan in months. So clearly, like, Wade's a giant liar, lying liar who lies. So Wade just claims that he was helping Dylan out. Just bad. Bad. Um, Bryna, will you take
0: it from here? Yeah. So patrol spotted um, the car from the kidnapping was, spotted a car from the kidnapping that was parked right outside Dylan's last known address. So everybody heads there. Gary Dylan's father is there with Charlotte, refuses to let her go. Um, all Gary wants for Wade to come and tell him what actually what he did to his son. So Boyd's like get Wade here now. but Wade still denies that he knows anything. So bad. Um, Jay sets up in a window like across the street from where with the sniper gun, because, you know, we're hashtag it's so
2: good. It's we so good. We haven't seen
0: Sniper Jay in so long.
2: No. And I also love that he like he's not wearing a vest or anything. It's just like he's just wearing his flannel and he's like, yeah, sure. I'll just casually set up a sniper spot. No big deal.
0: Also, there was a moment, Gina, where I like they're showing Jay with like the sniper gun and the eyes Holy shit! He had severite eyes, didn't he? Yes! Oh my god, it was so good. It was so,
2: so great. I know. I don't oh know god. what it, it was like. The lighting in that scene, or something, or maybe the shirt he was wearing. But like, I I noticed that too. That it was, his eyes were just like. Ding! I like noticed it. I was like,
0: "Holy shit!" Those were severite eyes. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's another shirt so, we should make.
2: Severite eyes. Yes, I was just about to say that. <laughs>
0: um, anyway, so. Jay ends up shooting Gary with, like, a partial view and still nails him, though, because, hello, Jay. Because Jay, yeah. Military, you know. Just Jay things. Yeah. And so Ruzik and Kev storm the house. Also, I will like to note, though, so it's Kevin and Ruzik storming the house with, like, a bunch of other, like, other cops and so, like, extras. And they let one of the extras do the um, RAM last night. And I was like, oh, that's different. Um, Not only did they let one of the extras
2: do it, it was a female as well. Yes, which I love. Love it,
0: love it. Uh, But like Kevin was there and Kevin didn't take the rim and I was just like, oh, this is nice change. Like I noticed that. I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. I like this. Yeah. Anyway, Charlotte's okay, but like I said, Gary got shot and so he's slowly like bleeding out Um, and Russo goes in there and is like trying to calm Gary down and like stays there, like tries to talk him through everything. And like, again, Gary confirms to Ruzik at this point that like Wade and Dylan were in like a relationship of sorts. Um,
2: Can we also talk about Negotiator Ruzik because
0: that was the best. Oh, yes. So Burgess and Rojas were finally able to pull the GPS from Wade's Range Rover the day Dylan disappeared. Um, After Wade met Dylan that day, he went home, but the car idled in Baker Park for like 30 minutes. And photo from a traffic cam shows Dylan slumped over in the front seat of the Range Rover. So, We've all basically confirmed at this point that we killed Wade Wilton. Yeah. So they go to the house and question Wade's wife, and basically she's like, I don't know. Like, he was out, I was out at lunch with Charlotte that day, but like when we came home, we did notice that like Wade had come in from the woods and was like super dirty and you know, whatever. Um, and they end up going in Wade's car and finding blood there, and so like they basically confirmed that. Um, And so they go out into the woods and they find Dylan's body out there. It's crazy. Yeah. And while this is happening simultaneously, Ruzik is able to get Charlotte free from Gary. And, like, Gary's, like, basically dead at this point. Uh, But he does finally learn, like, what happens to Dylan as he, like, takes his last breath.
2: I totally thought that we were going to find out why Ruzik had been acting so weird, like, in that moment. Because the guy was basically... Or when Ruzik was trying to, like, reason with him, he was just like, no, like, you're a father. You want to protect your son. Like, I get it. And I totally thought he was going to, like, mention why he was being so weird.
0: Yeah. Um, But as Charlotte walks out, like, she, like, walks by Wade. And Wade's like, I'm so glad you're safe, honey. And she, like, can't even look at him, let alone speak to him.
2: What a juicy case.
0: Yeah. And but we end, though, with, like, maybe one of the best scenes because we get a Berzik locker room scene. Babies. I love it and so basically Rusick just asked for just out to dinner because you know like he turned her down at the beginning of the episode and she's like no you don't have to and he's like no like I want to and he's talking about how basically it's really just anything's been hard to make him happy in recent weeks just because of everything going on and he says he's like you know everything I think is going to make me happy ends up just kind of making me sad you know but like I think going to dinner with you like that made me smile
2: made us smile too I know. They're so perfect. Yeah. But, yeah, that is PD. So good. Such a good episode. I still can't believe that case. Like, wow. I know. Crazy. Yeah, that was good. Really, really good. So. I think that's about all we've got, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I think that's it.
2: One more new episode for the season, and then... Who knows? Who knows when see- the next seasons will start? Don't say that. I know. Later this that, year. Too. They will start later this year, damn it. Yes. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, so that's about all we've got in terms of the episodes this week, but we also chatted with Joe Minoso this week, and it was wonderful because Joe's the best. So before we wrap up the episode, we are going to leave you with that. Um even if you listen to the interview, I would definitely recommend watching it on YouTube because we had so much fun and we did it via Zoom. It was the first interview we've ever done via Zoom and I thought it was awesome.
0: Yeah, I want to do like all our interviews via Zoom from here on out.
2: Oh, same. Absolutely. I'm just wondering how we can talk people into that. Yeah, uh, I know. Yeah, Zoom's kind of the best. So definitely watch it on YouTube even if you're going to listen to it, but yeah. So, here's our
0: interview with Joe. Enjoy. Hi, Joe. Joe. <laughs> how are you?
1: Excellent hoodie.
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah, I have to represent. <laughs> nice. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. I'm good. How are you, ladies, doing?
0: We're good. We're
2: good. Thank you for joining us. I know it was really short notice the way this all kind of came about today.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm happy that I could do it. You know, uh, I happen to have some extra free time on my hands for, uh, randomly. So right,
2: right. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, yeah. So first and foremost, I mean, how are you doing? How's the family? How's you know? Are you Chicago?
1: We are yes we are, we are in Chicago. The family's doing good. I'm uh, staying at home here with my wife, my sister-in-law, and our two dogs. Uh, and um, yeah, we're we're trying to stay as safe as possible.
0: Good, 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 good.
1: How That's about good. you guys?
0: Good. good. Yeah, yeah. As, good as we all can be, I guess. I mean, you know. I yeah. hear that.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Lots of binging. Lots of binge watching.
1: Well, you know, yeah, I was going to say, best time for TV, uh, I mean, can you really, it, you, you could never ask for more uh, of an opportunity to sit down and just watch whatever it is that you've been missing out on. Right, uh, right. I, I, I feel for parents right now, I got to say. I stay-at-home parents, that's, oof, that is a tough, tough job. Uh, <laughs> you're, I think you're recognizing just how invaluable teachers are right now
0: yeah a hundred percent I've been babysitting all day every day and it's like killing me slowly in the best
1: oh, yeah it's I mean you know well and it's, it's like you know they also I mean these children I'm sure also want to have something to do with their lives as well like it's like it's yeah. just trying to find ways to fill time is so difficult nowadays
0: yeah, no, for sure. And it, I think it's finally settling in that, like, oh, we're probably not going back to school this year. Like, this is kind of weird. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, that's happening.
1: Yeah, that's a, it seems that way. Yeah, I know. I think we're going to all have to get used to uh, some new regulars in life um, over the next couple of months. It's going to be definitely a transition period. For sure.
2: Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, obviously, the production shutdown just kind of came out of nowhere. So how did you find out about it?
1: Uh, you know, there were hints of it here and there a couple of days before we actually shut down. We were the last of the Chicago shows to shut down because uh, we uh, unfortunately had to take a couple of days off because, uh, I, weirdly enough, uh, one of our directors got sick, and so we needed to find a replacement. Not corona-related, it just, ha- just happened. To get sick. Okay. Uh, so we needed to finish up on the Saturday instead of the Friday, but we were all kind of on set. Um, And uh, we were brought together um, by the executive producer and told we were going at that, you know, at that time, I think people were thinking, oh, we're gonna take a couple of weeks off and see where we go from there. And that's what we were sort of told. But then quickly after a couple of days later, it was just, we're gonna wrap the season and you guys go off and be with your families and we'll pick this up hopefully uh, in season nine. Yeah,
0: Yeah. but at least you guys already knew that you were coming back from season nine and it's not just like a waiting game of like oh are we actually getting picked up because like right now we don't really know of many renewals just because like everything's been shut down and stuff
1: that's so true yes uh it is and it is you know very rare and kind of unheard of that not only do you get picked up for a season you get picked up for three right so it was weird the the crew Um, specifically was kind of on cloud nine, you know, for them to know that there's three years of television, that they can rely on a steady work here in this city is a huge deal. Uh, And so we were all really excited, really stoked about it. Uh, excited about the freedom that it gives the writers in terms of the, the potential for storylines, knowing that they can kind of work a little bit more long form. Uh, and so we were thrilled, yeah. And now I think hopefully we will be able to kind of pick up where we left off uh, if this thing kind of subsides by July. Um, but it, we are definitely in a kind of like, who knows moments in this world. So uh, hopefully knock on wood, things yeah. will end up being okay. Yeah. 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 Sure. So
2: obviously we're here because the big wedding episode is happening this week or by the time this is out, it will have already happened. Um, and it's a big, beautiful church wedding and everything. What was that like to film?
1: Um, you know, weird. Uh, I, my wife and I did not do a church thing. We we get a non-secular kind of wedding. And so it was very different, though our wedding was also very formal. Uh, mm-hmm. We had kind of a 20s theme thing going on and like, We had a really super formal wedding, but it just took place inside of an old warehouse. Um, And uh, this was, you know, the biggest wedding Chicago Fire has ever done. Um, I felt this weird responsibility uh, to like be like extra groomy. I don't even know if that's even a word you (laughs) can say. Just because it was like, there there was so much pressure on this wedding because it was so big.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And we're really kind of including everybody. But I think at the end of the day, when you see it, it was just a really good opportunity in general, I think, for everybody to get as dressed up as they possibly could and just have a moment where they could appreciate each other, you know, and just kind of have a moment of pure love. Uh, and I think after everything that Cruz has been through over the course of this season, um, it's not—it's nice. You know, uh, Derek and I talked about it a lot in the beginning of the year where he said, you know, we want to start off with a tragedy uh, and end on a high note. uh, And we want to, you know, because it's like that's how you kind of structure a story. Um, And it is really nice. And it's weird that it happens to be the actual almost kind of season finale. We got one more after this. But I think this is kind of the happy ending of the season in a lot of ways. Uh, And uh, and it was... uh, the weirdest part about it was the fact that I was looking at all of the people that were at my actual wedding, uh, filming, while filming <laughs> my fake wedding, you know, because they were all there when I actually got married. Uh, and to see them all there again, it was just a really surreal, like life imitating art moment. Uh, but, you know, amazing because I, ha- I work with amazing people.
0: Was it everything you envisioned for Cruz?
1: I yes in a lot of ways yes um I I always imagined that it would be kind of a catholic a proper catholic wedding uh cuz he is somebody who has uh, a deep level of faith um and I also uh knew that he would want to have I'm so I'm so sorry <laughs> are we live right now no, no I'm I'm waiting, yeah no, you're
2: no good no joke
1: you guys I, I actually think this might be my like my food delivery uh
2: go ahead go ahead go ahead seconds. yeah
1: Hello, please. I hope you use this on. Uh, <laughs> we can. Yes, I, I'm so sorry. Y- you are? Yes. Are you outside? Wonderful. Thank you. Uh, I'll make sure um, to open the gate. If you could do me a favor and just leave it at the front door as I am practicing social distancing. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can. Just, <sighs> yes. Uh, g- give me just one moment. Ladies, I'm so sorry. Can I have go ahead. Me? go ahead? Go ahead. <laughs> sorry about that. Very All good. good. Um, you know you got to support the local businesses.
0: Absolutely, hundred percent.
2: What would you order? You got to tell us now.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Umami burger. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, great place in uh, Bucktown. Wait, is it Bucktown? Yeah. Is that Wicker? no? That's Wicker Park. Uh, great place in Wicker Park on Milwaukee Avenue. Um, it's a chain from LA, but they make awesome stuff. We'll
2: note that next time <laughs> we're in Chicago. We- yeah, <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's funny. Um, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, so it, was it everything for Cruz that you imagined?
1: Yes, I, yes, I do. Um, I think uh, beyond what well, we just talked about, the, the uh, kind of you know traditional Catholic wedding, I think most importantly, uh, he's such a romantic. He's such a huge romantic at heart. Um, and Chloe is so insanely in love with him. And I think that that's what makes me happiest for the character is that he finally has somebody that loves him the way that he loves, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's so important for him. And I look forward to seeing how it evolves and, you know, which I have no idea of, uh, but I assume in much in the way that most uh, what marriages do. And so that'll be, I think, a great experiment. And and I couldn't be happier with uh, Kristen Gutowski. She's just such a wonderful actress and human being and I'm, it, yeah, I, I'm on cloud nine.
2: Yeah, and so what's it like working with Kristen?
1: Amazing, it, you know, working with Kristen is a lot like working with Miranda or mm-hmm. um, Kara, you know, they're insane um, and super quirky and weird, uh, but all gorgeous at the same time somehow. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, working with these like quirky, gorgeous women that's it's, it's it's a lot like working with the women i work with every day so i'm very comfortable with it.
0: that's great that's great so there's a very poignant moment in the episode that kind of honors otis and acknowledges that like he's still with cruz in this big moment even though he's not physically here and i'm curious like when you're filming a scene like that like what are you tapping into for the scene that scene
1: uh you know um <sighs> It depends on the moment. Um, I remember when uh, I had to do something like this, uh, when Chloe was in the hospital and I had to have kind of a moment, that was really linked to my mother passing away because that had just happened and I had just spent a lot of time in the hospital with her. So there was kind of a very real moment in my life that I could draw from. Right. Uh, and in this particular moment, frankly, it was thinking about the opposite of, what it was thinking about Yuri and how he's not there, and you know, and all of the stupid stuff we do, like in the locker room. Like that scene takes place in the locker room, right? And if you, uh, you know, it, it's it's an acting exercise that we're not going to get into right now, but um, uh, drawing from moments of joy that are no longer available to you tend to, I think, well up emotion, uh, and so that tends to work for me. So, in that particular moment. I was thinking about when he had that borscht fall all over his head in like season one mm-hmm. with that big Canadian joke and like not, and then us and our private moments in between takes of that moment and like losing it and having such a laugh and that got me there. So mm-hmm. that was, that specific moment was that.
2: Are you still in touch with Yuri? Do you guys talk often? Yeah,
1: uh, we just texted uh, today cause we haven't, had a chance to really sit down and chat. And we were just making a Zoom date uh, for some time this week. So yeah, we do, absolutely. So Crotus lives on. N- that, Crotus will never die. Uh, <laughs> if I have to embody it by myself right now in Chicago Fire, then so be it. But that energy and uh, our friendship is something that will last well beyond this show. Love it. That was awesome.
0: So we know that... The actor who plays Leon, Jeff Lima, he came back and was a part of this episode. Like, how fun is it to have him come back every now and then for all these big moments in Cruz's life? It's
1: incredible, especially because Jeff himself has been turned into such an inspiring young man. Like, he's doing work in terms of getting scholarships to young Latinos in the arts uh, in a program uh, with NYU. And uh, and he's just such a just well-rounded artist himself, you know. and I remember him coming in uh, and admiring my then very fake hair uh, that they would, like, powder on um, because <laughs> I was balding. And, you know, it was an excuse to give me hair because they didn't want three bald guys on the show at that time. Um, I, I He would just be so enamored with this, like, incredibly crisp haircut that I got. And he was, like, a teenager. Like, he was, you know, it was eight years ago. And, like, he's such a just baller young man uh and he's so and he's and he's always such a pleasure to have and every time he comes back I always want him there for more uh so I mean you know again we're I think one of the the things we've been luckiest in on this show uh is our guest talent and like we've run into a couple like Daniel Kyrie I think is the a a perfect example of this Uh, we come across these guest actors who just are so impressive and have so much dynamic uh, character to them that you can't help but want to have them on the show more. And we suffer from an embarrassment of riches in that uh, case. Like, I think about... um, Uh, Herman's wife, Cindy, Um, she's, Robin, she's phenomenal. Again, we're talking about Kristen. Uh, And there's so many examples of that. You know, uh, Treat Williams was one of our first. Uh, And Mm -hmm. it's just so much fun because they built such a big world. I think it gives us the opportunity being such a large family in general to like branch out outside of, of our immediate, to go into those other characters. Uh, it's so much fun because there's so much talent and they're Chicago people and that is for is everything for me
2: yeah we always talk about how funny it is to have Ritter and Gallo you know the new millennials in the house just kind of pulling antics and stuff and this episode especially we see Bowden be like okay go ahead go tweet go do your social media thing they're really funny it's a nice like injection of energy is it not
1: I feel like I I forget exactly what scene it was I think it had to do with her uh, bowden's diet and the two of them having to figure out all of that mess Mm -hmm. i was watching them film it and i was like this is a crotus scene like if yuri were here this we would have been the ones somehow stuck in this situation three four seasons ago and it, it was really strange watching these two guys kind of do a scene that felt very familiar to something that would have been in my hemisphere and thinking wow am i becoming the old guy on the show like, which is great, because I mean, I'm just gotta be following in Moush's footsteps. So to be the guy sitting on the couch is not a bad job. I'm not gonna complain, you know?
2: No, no, not at all, not at all. And so why do you think Cruz didn't pick Leon to be his best man?
1: Writing, I, you know, I'm, I, 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 quite <laughs> frankly, I, I can't, I can't really answer that question. I think, you know, there are, I think, logical reasons why, Severide was the best man um, for the show. Uh, you know, quite frankly, in my world, I wouldn't. I would have been interested if Brett were, were the best person. Um, like uh, you know, a well, woman was my best person uh, mm-hmm. for my wedding. So I just thought that would have been another interesting parallel. Um, but it, it, I get the dynamic of the show, and I get why we're trying to drive the storyline that way. So it just makes sense. Um, And also, again, an opportunity to see those gentlemen in tuxedos is one that should not be passed up. I mean,
2: you said it for the record. We said nothing. That was all you.
1: No, look, I I recognize uh, the storytelling and what you need to do sometimes. And sometimes you got to put those boys in a tuxedo. That's just the way it goes.
0: Yeah. So I know you said, obviously, you don't know. I don't even think Derek knows yet, like, what's going to happen in season nine. But, like, do you envision, like, what do you envision happening to the Brett Cruz Foster apartment? Like, do you think Chloe moves in there or do you think Cruz moves out and into Chloe's place?
1: Oh, we're still just going to live separately. Um, And I'm going to stay with Brett and Foster and Chloe can just, you know, she's got a really small studio apartment. I I have no idea. Um, (laughs) I'm assuming that yes, we would be moving in together, um, and finding a place, Um, you know, I wonder if some of that might've even been explored in the last two episodes that we didn't get to film, three episodes, Uh, but um, yeah, I think it's so abrupt, and we really haven't had a chance to talk about it. I'm assuming that yes, I will be moving out. I Mm -hmm. certainly hope so, yeah.
2: and I mean it's unfortunate the season's not necessarily ending the way everybody planned, but looking back on the season, I mean Cruz went through a lot. A lot. So is there a particular moment or scene or storyline that, you know, you're particularly proud of?
1: Cool. Um, wow. Uh, you know, I'm uh I I, I was able to do a scene in the first episode with um Eamon. Uh in Molly's, and um, I, I was kind of happy with how that scene played out, primarily just because it's rare that I get to have moments of that kind of, of, of like a, that personal of a scene with Eamon, um, and in, in a lot of ways, he's very much so a father figure to all of us, uh, and that moment felt like I was really kind of... In an acting moment with like someone who I so highly respect, uh, mm-hmm. and so for those reasons, I, you know, I, I I'm proud to be able to do that, you know, uh, and uh, but, uh, and just to say that I've been able to work on something kind of that uh, important to the show with someone who I've respected for so long. I suppose that's a point of pride for me.
0: Great. And I know we kind of touched on this earlier, but we do want to officially congratulate you guys on the three-season renewal. Like we said, very cool, very unprecedented. Um, I mean, I'm just curious, like, what does it mean to you to be a part of, like, a television universe like this that has expanded to this magnitude and has created, like, such the legacy that it has?
1: You know, I don't know that I feel that. Uh, I think... um, I often go, you know... I, I often live my life completely unnoticed. It, it, it's funny, yes, we have you know something like 10 million viewers a week who watch our show, um, but there are many, many millions of other people that are not. And so it's like, I, I'm not one of those people that really gets noticed a lot or like, uh, so celebrity and fame and like being part of something huge doesn't really register like that, if that makes sense. Um, I will say I am blown away week in and week out um, by the, just the, the loyalty, like the fan kind of fervency for the show. You know, I, I love doing it because I work with people who are genuinely awesome. Um, and I get to, I think, represent a pretty uh, positive Latino on network television, and that's like huge to me, um, and I and and it means the world that I get that I've been chosen to be able to represent that, um, but uh, it, it, you know I don't know you know it's I it's hard it's hard to explain like you uh, like when we go on these conventions you know to like France and stuff like that I am still in shock that people over there know anything about us and then you know you hear about fans that we have, I mean, worldwide. And it, I I, yeah, I, I, don't get it, it I, you know? Because like, as far as I'm concerned, I'm just kind of watching my friends be idiots. Uh, and, but, you know, most of the time, I mean, obviously not what we're doing, like, the nitty gritty great stuff that they write. But um, so much of it just feels like playtime when we're in it, uh, that it's just, like, amazing that at the end of the day, we have, like, an hour of really interesting television that people are just drawn to, you know? And I just hope that uh, we can keep doing it. You know, I, I'll, I'll do this job, you know, they'll have to, they'll have to drag me out kicking and screaming. Uh, Cause I, 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 I love where I work. I love the people I work with. I love the city. It has adopted me since 2004. Uh, and I would never, you know, it, it, is, it is the great job of my life.
2: Does it feel like it's been eight years? Cause when I think about that, I'm like 2012, I'm like, that does, it does not feel like the show has been around that long.
1: Um, when you talk to my joints, yes. <laughs> other than that, no, like it's like, it has been, it is, it, it, it has kind of flown by this year specifically, like flew by and we like, out of nowhere it was 2020. Um, and uh, uh, But uh, yeah, other than the fact that you really, it, it, it is a physical job that it is all the real gear and it takes um a certain level of athleticism uh that if you're not trying to keep up with which i can be very bad at uh you feel it on uh when when you're not prepared for it um so but other than you know the kinks and bad knees and stuff like that not really it's been it's been it's flown by really
2: yeah Yeah, I can see that. So, cool. And so, I mean, we can't let you go without knowing kind of how you're spending your quarantine. So is there anything you're binge watching that we might need to know about?
1: I mean, I'm binge watching all sorts of stuff. Right now, I'm obsessed with YouTube and watching, like, a lot of, like, uh, best, best, uh, best of stuff. So, like, you know, like, the best uh, dialogue uh, in any given movie or like best Martin Scorsese scene or best Tarantino scene or top 10 this or top 20 that. Like I'm obsessed with that. I'm in the process of uh, writing a movie. Um, And so that, excuse me, not a movie, a limited series. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so being able to kind of draw from all of that stuff has been indispensable. Um, And I'm also, well, right before The coronavirus pandemic hit and we were all kind of quarantined. Uh, Christian Stolte and I were actually in the process of making a movie he was going to star and I was going to direct. And um, we were going to film it in June. uh, But unfortunately, it doesn't seem like that's going to be able to happen now. Um, So I've been trying to keep myself busy to keep that alive and kind of create this other project with a friend of mine uh, because now I have all this you know on un- time I wasn't expecting um and I figured the only thing I can do is kind of try to be creative uh and come up with something uh, uh that hopefully can have a life after all of this craziness yeah
2: great so um I mean that's relatively all we've got Bryna anything else any last minute notes No, I think that's it. Joe, thank you so much for joining
1: us. This was so much fun. It was my pleasure. Thank you guys. And um, one of these days, hopefully I'll meet your mollies. Yes.
2: Yes. Yes. Take care, Joe. We'll talk soon.
1: Thank you very much. You guys be good. Thank you so much. Stay safe out there.
2: You as well. Bye. (laughs) Once again, a very special thank you to Joe Minoso for coming on the podcast to join us. Oh my God, we had so much fun. He's the best. I will always say that when I say his name. He is the best. He really is though. I know. So wonderful. So wonderful. So as always, you guys know where to find us. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr. It's meet us Molly's right across the board. Email us anytime about anything, meet us at at gmail.com. You guys, we've been doing so much other stuff during quarantine. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm watching the Marvel movies now. Something I never yeah, thought would happen. And, and not in order. Like yeah, but, like, what is what is in order? Like, chronological order?
0: Mm, no, I would watch them in, like, release order. Yeah, I mean, so you would also do it chronologically.
2: Order. Oh, Well, like, I of, mean,
0: yeah. Right, they're not in chronological order release-wise.
2: I don't know. I'm just skipping around. I'm basically going off the recommendations of my friends. Like, I'll be like, okay, I just finished this movie. Now which one do I watch? Captain America. Watch the Captain America movies, please. Once I'm done with the next two Iron Men, then I will. Captain America, please. Okay, okay, okay. But Melanie told me, because I finished Guardians 1 and 2 last weekend, Melanie was like, now you need to watch Iron Man, Iron Man 2, and Iron Man 3. So I got through Iron Man, I got to finish 2 and 3, and then I will watch Captain America.
0: Yes, Captain America, Captain America.
2: Yeah, so so I mean, if you want to email us and talk Marvel, we could do that. Um, <laughs> what else am I doing right now? I just got a Nintendo Switch Lite, so I'm
0: getting to know that.
2: Um, what are yeah. you doing
0: right now? We both beds. Um, I feel like nothing much um, we both binge, spent all weekend benching La Casa De Papel oh like God. it was amazing
2: poor Nairobi
0: uh, I know <laughs> yeah all the feels um, oh, but yeah feels. just trying to watch a lot of TV I feel like I'm gonna try to finish Toy Boy this weekend finally hopefully <laughs>
2: we'll see yeah. if that actually
0: happens but um, our yeah.
2: friends also turned me on to Duolingo so I'm like brushing up on my high school French
0: it's so good yeah Yeah, it's
2: pretty addicting, actually. Um, And like High School Me is coming out again, because like High School Me, like I discovered I was good at French, and then I all of a sudden was like, I have to be the best. And so (laughs) when I get a question wrong on dueling, I'm like, damn it! So yeah, yeah. And the owl has not come to murder me yet. So that's... Yay! (laughs) I do get the passive-aggressive notifications at night, even though I'll do like a bunch of lessons during the day. I'll still get a notification at night that's like, you should practice your French for like five more minutes. And I'm like, no. (laughs) <laughs> leave me alone. Yeah, leave me alone. Creepy. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's just kind of a a summary of some of the, the other things we're doing. We're always available to talk and with things are with things going the way they are right now, you know, you might be feeling a little lonely. We get it cuz we're feeling it too. So, Oh. Uh-huh. Um, oh yeah, big time. I I miss people.
0: Uh-huh. Uh, huh?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen my coworkers in like a month. It's weird.
0: Yeah, the only people I really interact with right now are five and seven year old, like (laughs) kind of ready to (laughs) interact with people my own age again.
2: Yeah, I miss my boyfriend. I miss going to. Oh, yeah, Charlie. I haven't seen (laughs) him. (laughs) No. Nope. I miss sports. I really miss sports.
0: Yeah. I'm just not knowing the fact that like all my summer shows are probably not coming back. Like Uh. that's kind of annoying.
2: So frustrating. I know. I'm just, yeah.
0: Like, I just have a lot of feelings.
2: Sports were fun. Yeah,
0: Yeah. sports.
2: Yeah. So. Anyway, um, if you like the show, which we really hope you do because you've made it all the way to the end of this episode, if you could please, please, please take a moment to leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Oh, my God. We would so greatly appreciate that because it does help other shy hearts find, find the show. And we actually have two new reviews since the last time that I read reviews, which was a while ago. Um, I'm pulling them up right now. Just bear with me a second as I talk to like fill dead air as this loads on my phone. Um <laughs> I know right i'm just trying to be really smooth about it and of course now my phone doesn't want to work but uh yeah cannot connect right now thank you phone for ruining my moment of trying to be smooth there we go okay okay just give me a second it's gonna load maybe yeah there we go okay so we've got two or no we've got three new. two i can't count no we've got two new reviews okay so Yeah, we've got two since last time I read reviews. We've got one from Tierra and Tierra said favorite podcast. Hands down. I'm obsessed with the one Chicago shows and even more obsessed with this podcast. Great job, ladies. Thank you, Tierra. You're so sweet. We also got a review from I think the tag is I think she means anonymous, but the tag is basically anonymous six six four two. And basically says, this podcast is not only interesting, but it's also one of a kind. There isn't another One Chicago podcast out there. And if there was, it would never be better than this one. Go Gina and Bryna. You are so sweet. Love it. And so nice. We love you guys too. So much. So yeah, if you could take a moment to leave us a rating and review on iTunes, oh my God, we would so greatly appreciate that. Um, Follow us individually on Twitter. I am at Gina Watches TV. Bryna? I am at Bryna K13. Everybody, have a good weekend. Wash your hands. Check on your friends. Have your Zoom virtual happy hours because Zoom is a lifesaver right now. Um, And yeah, we will see you guys next week. Bye.